Derek, you've always had a flair for the dramatic tonight, certainly no exception. What was going through your mind as he stepped into that batter's box one last time? Don't cry. Um, Derek, for 20 straight years, you've put on that uniform. Coming to the ballpark today, knowing it was the last time you were taking the field here in the Bronx and putting on those pinstripes, what was that feeling like for you? It was odd. I mean, if I'm going to be honest with you, I, I, these, these last few weeks have gotten tougher and tougher. I, I... Welcome to episode 26 of Keeping It a Hundo. I'm your host, Matty Hundo. That was Meredith Morakovitz talking with Derek Jeter after his last at-bat ever. 20 years as a Yankee, and she was the first one to speak to him. She's done a lot of cool stuff in her career already. She works currently for the Yes Network as the clubhouse reporter for the New York Yankees. She's also worked for the Philadelphia Phillies and the 76ers. She's made appearances on ESPN. She's really making her name for herself in the business. But my connection to Meredith goes way back to the University of Miami. Her brother is my good friend, 210 Disco Dan. A lot of you know Disco, a.k.a. Danny Marakovitz. I've known Two-Tone for almost 20 years now. You can call him Two-Tone, the Lentil Destroyer, the Flaxseed Crusher, Two-Tan, Disco. Call him all kinds of things. He's really made a name for himself over the years in the health food consumption department, not to mention his tanning program, which rivals DJ Polly D of the Jersey Shore. And his dancing, his dance moves, he goes by two tan a stare. So those three facets alone have made him a triple threat. But anyway, back to today's podcast guest, Meredith. I met Meredith back when she used to visit Danny at, at the U when she was just a student at LaSalle. Uh, She was on the volleyball team at LaSalle, and Danny was on the basketball team at Miami. Got to know the whole Morakovitz family pretty well. Disco Senior, the Patriarch, Kath, the Queen Bee, and Blaze, the actor of the Morakovitz family. Went on a family vacation with him to the Jersey Shore, good old Wildwood. Me and my boy Marv drove down from Beverly, and spent the weekend down there with the Morakovitz family. We might have missed curfew, but uh, no harm done. Appreciate the hospitality. Then a couple of years later, we played a little two-on-two with Meredith. Meredith and Tutan visited me up in Revere. Myself and Josh Harrell Esquire. Tutan and Meredith. We'll talk about that a little bit on the podcast. And last summer, out in Seattle... Myself and Porno Pete and Tutan and Meredith climbed a mountain out in uh, the outskirts of Seattle, Rattlesnake Ledge. So we've definitely uh, kept in touch over the years, and I've attended more games at Yankee Stadium than I have at Fenway in the last few years, thanks to Meredith. So... With the playoffs coming up and everything, I thought it would be fitting to have Meredith on to discuss the Yankees and the Sox. And I was in New York, figured I'd meet up with Meredith, do a podcast, and the Sox happened to be in town too. So I grabbed dinner at the Red Rooster in Harlem and then headed over to the Bronx for the Sox-Yankees. Not a bad deal at all. Well, as we know, the Yankees suck. 
but Meredith does not. So enjoy my conversation with Meredith Morakovitz on Keeping It a Hundo. So glad the Red Sox lost last night, and most people that know me would be surprised to hear that, since I'm a huge Sox fan, but now I get to see them possibly clinch in the Bronx tonight, and uh, yeah, best case scenario for me. Seems very selfish, if I have to say so. Hoping for your team to lose, then coming into enemy territory, being in my home right now, it's a little unbelievable out of you. Yeah, I've... You know, I haven't always been considered uh, someone who, who is afraid of much of anything. So, it's a fair point. And I'm probably gonna, you know, throw on the Sox hat. Not sure about the shirt. Sometimes I like to just stay a little more even keel. Well, as you know, people at Yankee Stadium don't take very kindly to Sox fans. So, maybe in the section that you're probably gonna be sitting in, maybe go a little pro Yankee tonight. I don't think I could pull that off. Do you, I, do you feel like maybe an Aaron Judge shirt would be something you can handle? I don't. John I mean, Carlos I'd have Stanton, to lose Miami roots. I'd have to lose a bet to wear something like that. But you know where I find common ground with Yankee fans is the Giants. I'm a big New York Giants fan. There you go. So I can just talk. Oh yeah, Saquon. Yeah, you know, like just do stuff like that. From my area, Saquon. He born in the Bronx, and then he played high school in Pennsylvania, In right? Pennsylvania. In Allentown? Whitehall High School. In Whitehall. Which is about 10 minutes from where I grew up. And you grew up in Walnutport, Pennsylvania. You've heard of it, right? Of course. The W. W Port. <laughs> no port, I don't think, in Walnutport. Super big town. There's population no uh, Population five. <laughs> the Morakovitz family. Basically. Now, it was a good place to grow up, though. We had a lot of fun back in the day. You obviously know my brother well. Yes, I Imagine do. the two of us as 10-year-olds running the mean streets of Walnutport and Stephen Lane. <laughs> when we got real wild, we'd go to Mulberry Drive, ride our bikes That's there. not like Mulberry Street in Little very, Italy, is Very it? different. Very different. I'm here with Meredith Morakovitz, the clubhouse reporter for the New York Yankees. She's headed over to the stadium soon for tonight's Sox-Yankees game, so we got to get this thing done. I usually don't work with a time limit, but we're going to have to figure it out. Get it done. I'm glad, I'm glad I can break the mold for you with a time limit, something yep. new. I knew this, this is all new to you, so structuring and time limits, they do exist in this world. So let's talk about how, how you ended up at Yankee Stadium with the Yankees. I know you started out with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, which everyone knows you from that, of course. A lot of Lehigh Valley Iron Pig fans out there. There actually are, and they've done some great stuff with their merchandising. I swear I don't work for them, but you have to see uh, some of the hats that they put out there. The name, obviously, a little bit catchy. and Yeah, not... some of the minor league like stuff, people like the gear because it's catchy and, and it's, original. It's weird. There used to be Reading Phillies for example, another that, yeah. affiliate for the Philadelphia franchise. But all of those teams are kind of changing their names to then brand themselves separately, basically to sell more merchandise and be a little bit more fan-friendly. Yeah. Uh, but I worked two years covering the Iron Pigs for TV2 Sports, which it was a ton of fun. I mean, 
back then things were a little bit different, even though it wasn't that long ago. And a little looser. Of course, minor league baseball, a little bit looser. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, I try to get back there because I still have some friends and obviously family, but I haven't been back to the stadium, Coca-Cola Park, in probably two years now. But it's a really well-designed ballpark, nice area, and uh, they get great fan support. That was probably the first big assignment. I I covered the Reading Phillies for them as well. Before that, it was indoor football. I think it was the Great Lakes Indoor Football League. But prior to that, I was actually uh, lugging around a camera, shooting my own stuff, shooting stuff for other people. I covered this thing once called the Spring Spectacular. It's like six-year-olds ice skating. Real career highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Asthma Olympics. That's big time. Didn't know it existed. Asthma Olympics? (laughs) Asthma Olympics. Uh, So there were some interesting stories that I covered while working in the Lehigh Valley for a So like is there a marathon like one time around the track? I don't even remember. I just remember thinking... Lung capacity is just not quite there. It it was not quite there, but they were trying and I really appreciated that. And it was really a cool event for those clearly with asthma to kind of get out there and compete. But, you know, as you're trying to break into the sports world, you want to be covering the big teams. You want to be covering the NFL. You want to be covering the NBA. You want to be covering Major League Baseball. And here I am running around Allentown, Pennsylvania, covering like five to ten-year-olds doing sports where they're barely barely competitive at that point. But hey, you got to start somewhere, right? And you started out studying communications at LaSalle. So you kind of knew that's what you wanted to get into. I had an idea that I wanted to be a reporter in some capacity, and I grew up in a very sports-oriented family. So now, was, speaking of that, you're a D1 scholarship athlete, the only D1 scholarship athlete in the Morakovitz family. Let's you know, make that clear. I'm glad you brought that up, because I know there's been some confusion over the years as to who was the D1 scholarship athlete. That's and I right. feel like now that we've really cleared the air in that regard, I am the only one that actually got paid to play in college. So... Sorry, brother. <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest ego in the home probably doesn't even belong to yourself or your brother, to Tandesco Dan, but probably the legend himself. Disco Senior. A lot of confidence there. Sometimes I wonder where it comes from, but, you know, he has a way about him. Everybody loves him. Love him to death. That guy's great. Everybody loves him. I will tell you, though, for all the confidence, all the bravado he brings to the table, he gets nervous under pressure. I bet he gets more nervous for you guys though. Well, there's an incident a couple years back in Tampa, Florida. I invited him to play golf with myself and a couple coworkers. <laughs> Ken Singleton being one of them. I was gonna say that was probably like a major league of Loves Ken Singleton. He's one of the nicest men you'll ever meet in your life. So no need to be nervous there. Not a judger. Bob Lorenz, who's our main host for our studio shows at the Yes Network. And uh, I wanna say one other person. No, it was then my dad and myself. So we're driving to get there, and he's already wanting to leave at a ridiculous hour to make sure he's there on time and has time to like putt and you know hit the range a little bit. (laughs) And it really reminds me of when my brother played basketball back in the day at the U. I mean, he'd show up before the team bus would show up. I'm not sure why, because they wouldn't let him shoot around. It's just not acceptable. But it was one of those types of situations. So he wants to get there extremely early. Now, mind you, I probably haven't golfed in about. 10 to 12 years like on an actual course like the last time is when we used to vacation probably back in the day in Myrtle Beach so I I wasn't even of driving age at that point in time so over 10 years and I'm just like all right this will be a fun little thing I know he wants to meet some of these guys and say that he played golf with them it'll be great 
So we go to get in the car. I offer to drive. No, 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 I'll drive. I'm like, I don't know, you seem a little worked up already. I feel like I should get behind the wheel. <laughs> now, he insists on driving. We take his car, which happened to be a convertible. Him and my mom had a convertible at the time. Convertible Burt. Beautiful. 80 degrees outside in Tampa. Let's put the roof down. Oh, good idea, good idea. Then he puts the windows up. <laughs> like, what are you doing? This is embarrassing. You can't put the windows up with the roof down. Meredith, I'm going to mess up my hair. But we're golfing. Who cares? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You're this sounds like some up, disco You're going to mess up my hair. So after that argument ensued about this is ridiculous, we look like clowns driving with the windows up because you're going to mess up your hair and you didn't bring your brush. Um, on from that, we go to the golf course. And he was so nervous. And I'm like, Dad, just have fun. <laughs> He's like, well, you're messing me up. You're all over the course. I'm like, Dad, I don't care. Like, I told you I'm terrible at golf. I don't even have golf shoes. This is barely a golf outfit. I'm here to have a good time. So that is what leads me to believe that maybe he could not handle the pressure of the broadcasting business if he were in it full time, despite saying that he was the first Morankovitz to venture to ESPN. Never hired, but ventured. Oh, okay. Simply ventured. Okay. Didn't get past the receptionist, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. So we made that clear. Your brother, Tutan Desco Dan, good friend of mine, played at University of Miami as a walk-on. Meredith, scholarship volleyball player at LaSalle Communications. You worked your way up minor leagues, indoor football, asthma Olympics. I mean, the resume speaks for itself. It really does. To, to make things clear, she works for the Yes Network now. Uh, it's owned by the Yankees, right? Well, they were owned primarily by the Yankees, but in recent years they were bought by Fox. Okay. So we're actually majority owned by Fox, but now some things are changing with a merger with ESPN, ABC, Disney. So we're not exactly sure who's going to okay. own us in the future. But yes, they were the first regional sports network that was actually started by a team. Right. And then you see other... Ones try to like try to duplicate it. Really. The Red Sox do it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Throughout your career arc, you made some stops in Philly. So you worked for the Sixes. You worked for the Phillies. Were you there when Iverson was there? I was not there. I was in high school at the time when Iverson was there in 2001 when they went to the finals. I believe that was 01, right? Yes. 2001. Yes. Um, and I remember going down to Philly to just be in the area. I didn't have tickets for the game, but we would just go down there and kind of like watch the game in Philly and people would go crazy in the streets. I was just going to say like that must have been, you know, it's it's one thing interviewing like a big star like Aaron Judge or something right now, but it's another thing when it's someone you grew up watching like yeah. in your city, on your team and rooted for. Well, when I was covering the Sixers, I had the opportunity to interview Dr. J, yeah, who is a huge, huge favorite of my father's. Yeah. So we knew all about Dr. J. and, and You guys met him when you were kids. I don't even or know. If Danny we, did. I, I, I think, know Danny did. I think we might have. We used to, he might have been at one of the Sixers camps. We used to go to these Sixers camps yeah. up in the Poconos, which was pretty cool because then when I got the sideline gig, the guy that used to run the Sixers camps came up to me and said, hey, remember you used to come to the camps? And I was like, this is mind-blowing. This is super trippy um, to be there after going to so many Sixers games and you know meeting some of those guys. But Dr. J was one that I was like, wow, this is really cool that I actually get to talk to him in a professional capacity now as as somebody that covers the nba so yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty wild and i'm trying to think of anyone else People, he's a handsome devil dr j for like an old man like he's like the silver fox 
I'll take your word for it. I didn't really think of it that way at the time. I but know the ladies like him. He I'll does very to, well. I'm sure he does. I'll have Consummate to, stick man. I'll have to look back on that. But you know who did, who did like me? Uh, I know a few that have liked you over the years. I interviewed him for Comcast Sportsnet. Chocolate Thunder. Oh, that's right. Uh, the late, great yes, Daryl wonder, Dawkins. Wonderful man. I was doing a courtside interview with him, and he didn't mean it to be, I don't think, inappropriate by any stretch of the imagination. But he we was a, taking a shot, though. We had a good relationship. <laughs> he, he enjoyed the color of the dress I was wearing. He was wearing, I believe, an alligator or snakeskin suit, because why Conservative not? Conservative for him. You're right. You're right. I'd love to see his closet and Clyde's. Yeah, I know. Uh, or I'm sorry, not Clyde. Um, Walt Frazier, yeah. Yeah, Walt Frazier. Clyde. Clyde. And uh, I'd love to see their, their closets neck and neck. But yeah, he uh, that lived on the internet for a little while. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> right. Okay. I, that, I knew I saw it somewhere, so I heard about it from you guys and I saw it online. That's funny. So I'm going to read something to you oh boy. that I found online. The beautiful anchor is appreciated by millions of fans around the world for her sexy figure and her anchoring skills. She has perfect bikini figure, and she has sizzling hourglass-shaped body, having the height of 5 feet and 11 inches, and has weight of about 130 pounds. She is known as Hot Anchor with the body measurements of 36 okay, inches of hips. <laughs> she has feet the size of 8.5 U.S. Okay, I'll, it, it goes on. I, I see your point here. That's This crazy is the awkward. type of stuff that's online. Um, I told you not to write that. That's really weird that you wrote that. <laughs> like, that's creepy as hell. Um, yeah, there's one where I have, like, an entire family. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that people will send me. And I think probably now with all the social media, the stuff I get on Twitter and Instagram is, like, stuff you've never seen before. You mean, like, the DMs and the... Oh, my God. I'll let you read this, but we can't read this on the air, which isn't going to be very helpful, but you can kind this, of... My show comes with an explicit warning. Okay. Like, you can say anything on this show. Well, I, yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm not affiliated with the guest network. <laughs> Where is this gem? I got a couple of these a week. I can read them like... if you don't want to read them. I can only imagine what you deal with. Tip of the iceberg. I mean, you've had stalkers... I actually have. I had a stalker where Major League Baseball and I don't know if it went through the FBI or, or how it got solved, but they were involved. They found him and restraining order whole deal. But it's scary because you don't really think of it that way. I kind of just go about my business, do my job, hope I do a good job. This last sentence here, oh, the God. terminology, like I don't, this is like a foreign person or something. She has natural blonde hairs but dyes them brown <laughs> said no one each, ever like each hair you <laughs> each <dye>. individual hair <laughs> what is that That's uh, weird. you work for like you know one of the most famous teams in the world in any sport some of the best fans in the world but some of the craziest people in the world live in new york and I, they all love you i, I mean i, I can so. ask anybody i know from new york and they know who you are like, you're, you're very well-known in New York. It's weird, too, because when I took the job, I covered the Sixers. The Sixers were playing well at the time, and I felt like Philadelphia got really small really fast in the regard that I would go out and people would constantly be asking me about the Sixers and what I do and, and all that jazz. I thought I would come to New York, which maybe is naive now, but I thought I would come here, and it's such a 
big city with so many more people that do so many more important things that I do than I do um, that I thought I'd kind of just blend. I'd just be able to go to the side and nobody would notice. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> that is not true. Right. Uh, people are huge Yankees fans. Huge which, Yankee fans. Which I knew, but I just didn't, I guess, understand at the time the, the scope of things that, you know, you walk down the street and it's, hey, are they going to win tonight? Hey, what's going on with this person? Yeah. When's he coming off the DL? Which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that people watch. I'm glad that people, for the most part, I think, enjoy what I do. But there is another side to it that's just weird. It's bizarre. That article also mentioned that you won an Emmy. Was that right? Did you ever win an Emmy? Yeah, so we won a bunch of Emmys. I think it was the Derek Jeter retirement year. We did a lot of really great stuff that year mm -hmm. where we wound up winning, I think, four or five. We won one this past year for our coverage. I've been nominated in the reporter category a handful of times. Haven't won an individual one yet, but that would be cool. Um, but I, I would say, you know, our network does really great work overall consistently. So I'm fortunate to be able to, to work for a place that cares a lot about the product. So break down for the listeners what you do for your job. Like, I, I know what you do, but like, to an extent, you, you know, you do some pregame stuff, you do some postgame stuff, and when they throw it down to you on the field sometimes during the game, right? Yeah. And, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into all that. So just say for a 7 o'clock game like today, I'll leave at 2, 2.15, get to the ballpark, do some research or kind of think of storylines that I, that I want to do for the day or, or see what's going on if see I missed anything. See what the lineup is. See what the lineup is stuff. when that comes out. Clubhouse opens around 3.15, 3.20. So you have about an hour in the clubhouse to talk to guys. If you need to talk to guys, if you want to explore angles or whatever it might be. Some of those days are productive. Some of those days are hurry up and wait for a whole lot of nothing. Um, and then the manager will speak at about 4.15, 4.20, see what he has to say for the day, ask him questions about the lineup, questions about you know if somebody's performing well, if somebody's not performing well, and then they'll take batting practice on the field. So it's more just kind of talking to people waiting around, prepare for the pregame show. I'll do a five to six minute pregame show segment and then it'll be game time essentially. And you know, if we do interviews or we do special stories, that'll happen there as well. And then in game, it's just kind of listening to what the guys are talking about, trying to jump in, trying to add to the broadcast. Some days it's easier than others. Some days there's more news than, than other days. Um, so there's no real set amount of times that I get in a game I would say high side, you'll get in seven times. Low side, you'll get in once or twice. Uh, just depends. And then post game, if they win, I'll do an interview on the field. And then I'll talk to the manager after the game and go in the clubhouse and, and talk to players of the game or guys that had impact on that particular game and kind of go from there. And then you wake up and do it all over again. It's cool because I know watching the Red Sox, like we always know who, the, I mean, I always called it a sideline reporter or whatever. They call it clubhouse reporter. Yeah. We always know who it is. And I mean, they, they rotate them like crazy in Boston. But right. I know like. In and out quickly in Boston. Yeah. Just don't end up like some of them did. Like I know one of them was messing around with Frank Kona a few years ago. And, you know, there's been all types of stuff going on with those ones. It's been a, an interesting run up there. I was not there, so I can't speak to any facts of anything that went on up there, but I do know that it doesn't seem like there is a very long shelf life up there. Yeah. But you, you've been, I mean, you've been watching the Red Sox forever. Who has been your favorite clubhouse or sideline reporter over the years? Probably, is her name Abby Chin? 
It's like the she's like Asian. Yeah. I, I want to say her. I, I was she there full time though. No. I I think of Tina Savasio. I think of her situation. Like there's been like I don't know ten I, since yeah. Francona was there. Like, yeah, I don't they, know. They've changed them so many times. When it comes to that stuff and the personal relationships, I don't like to really speak on them unless I know facts. Yeah, I hear you. So many people speculate about women in sports, and I'd say 90% of it isn't true. There are times when it is true, which is unfortunate if it affects us as a whole, but I don't like to perpetuate those rumors. Tell me this. Why do you think there's more... I feel like women are usually doing the sideline stuff in the local broadcast, but then on national, it's almost always a man like Ken Rosenthal or... I mean, is that great question? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, you know, they've they've kind of gone with more insider roles, and Kenny obviously breaks a good deal of news. Uh, Verducci as well. Yeah, I was gonna say him. But I do think there are women out there that could serve that role and add to a broadcast. But and does be anybody an do that now? No, nationally. No, I mean MLB Network will use some of their own people during the playoffs, especially. I know Heidi Watney in the past his has done sideline stuff. She Lauren, was with the Sox, Yeah, right? she was with the Red Sox. Yeah. Lauren Shahadi has done stuff in the past, and Sam Ryan, who no longer works yeah, there, yeah. has done stuff in the past as far as sidelines. But as far as the role of, a, say, a Buster Olney at ESPN, where they pretty much leave his mic open and give him free reign to jump in when he has a tidbit here oh, or a right, fact yeah, there, yeah. Uh, I haven't really seen that with a woman on the national scale, and I would love to see it with a woman on the national scale because I think there are plenty that are capable of adding in that way. Yeah. And whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But, you know, I know there has been a little bit of progress in the sense of Jessica Mendoza being in the booth. But aside from that, you look at the 30 teams in Major League Baseball and you look at the booths, with the exception of Jenny Kavnar in Colorado, who's called a couple games for the Rockies this year, which is tremendous. I can't think of any women that have done either play-by-play or color commentary analyst work which Susan Waldman does the radio for the Yankees. But yep. those two, from a team perspective, I think are the only ones. And then Mendoza, from a national perspective, I think is really the only one. So three out of, say, two jobs for, so you know, say, color or play-by-play and analyst. So that's two for 30 teams. So that's 60. Multiply that by two. That's one, of radio 120 and because of radio. So out of 120, three. Wow. Think of it that way. And look, some of the smaller markets might only have one radio guy, so those numbers might be a little bit off, a little bit skewed, and there could be women that are participating that I'm not aware of, but three of 120, and that shouldn't even, that's actually two, because Jessica's at the national level, so add those MLB crews and ESPN crews and Fox crews on top of it. Three. Yeah, that's crazy. So you want to say there's progress? Well, yeah, there aren't zero, but maybe not the progress that there should be. Interesting you said some markets use one radio announcer. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox used to use two, but they'd alternate innings. I kind of liked it. Interesting. Yeah, they had Ken Coleman and Joe Castiglione, okay. and they would go back and forth, like first inning this guy, second inning that guy, and it, it kind of worked. It's a way to maybe keep guys fresh yeah. and in, engaged, but it's also, I would think, hard to get in the flow doing it that way. I would picture like in between innings, like when Castiglione wasn't on and it was Coleman's turn. What he'd he was doing? Yeah, like <laughs> drinking, smoking, getting a massage. 
they don't do that anymore. Um, I know the Phillies, when I covered that team in, no, I think it was 7, 8, 9, their radio booth, Harry Callis was still alive. Yeah. And McCarthy would come in for a couple innings. They would, they would kind of rotate between TV and radio, which was an interesting way to do it. Uh, some people like that. Some people don't like that. Some people want to hear the same two voices yeah. every game. And then, you know, our network in particular, we have a lot of analysts because we have a lot of great former players that are willing to come back. So there is a little bit of a shuffle, and, and some people like hearing the different voices, and some people don't. It's, yeah. you know, subject to your own opinion. Before we get to the Keeping It a Hondo segment of the show, uh, tell me about where you see yourself in the next you know, five to ten years or what your career goals are. Would you like to be a play-by-play or a, a, an analyst? I mean, those things that... I think I would rather be a play-by-play person than an analyst, to be completely honest with you. I don't think there are many females in general that do play-by-play, and I do think that I could do that and excel at that. Um, getting the reps and getting the opportunity, that could be something where I would have to go somewhere else to do so. Right, because you're just not getting that. Yeah, but I would like to do a little more of everything. You know, I'm pretty baseball-specific right now, so if I could pick up some other work that allowed me to explore some other avenues, that's something that I would be interested in. It's you mean hard like to outside say. of baseball? Yeah, outside of baseball. Basketball, football, whatever. Sure, sure. You know, I would, I've always dreamed of doing, you know, Today Show, Good Morning America. Those jobs are very few and far between. It's not to say it's not possible, but, you know, you're always looking, you're always exploring. What I will say is I'm happy with the people I work with. I work with great people, um, and we all truly do get along, which isn't, you know, just hey, you say that because you have to say yeah, that. Yeah. We all pretty much really like each other. So that kind of creates a family environment and makes work easy. And I've been treated well by the Yes Network. So unless it were something totally different that piqued my interest or something that was, you know, I had to take the job, it'd, it'd be hard to really imagine life not covering the Yankees because it's such a good opportunity. There's such a big reach. It's a storied franchise. They're always competing. They always, you know, make the steps or try to at least position themselves for years to come. You know, to they compete. always have interesting storylines too. Yeah, it's not of just course. I mean, the years that were lean, when you look at the, the Yankees over the past couple of years, you had the Mo retirement, you had the Jeter retirement, um, and then last year, last year was supposed to be a year where it could have been bad because there were all these young guys and you didn't know how they'd perform. And that wound up being one of the most exciting years because of all they the new blood. They outperformed. They get to game seven of the ALCS. No one ever saw that coming. So there was kind of a new, a new life in the organization. So, And then aside from that, there's Old Timers Day. There's, what, what was this year, you know, um, 10 years from the 98 World Series. It seems like there's always something going on with the Yankees. There's always a storyline. So. Speaking of the lean years, you had a guy like A-Rod, and not even speaking on your own opinion of him, that's mm-hmm. aside from this, but public perception of him was so bad, and now he's pulled this 180 where he's like MLB's darling. It's mind-blowing. Isn't it? Like it's, nobody it's would have predicted absolutely this. absolutely mind-blowing. And Jeter is now almost the other way around where he was could do no wrong he did no wrong right and you know we'd send a fruit basket if he had a one night stand with you i mean the guy was unbelievable untrue, i want to say or i, I don't know untrue, i don't but, know um you know what i think the difference is and you'd have to ask them individually and this is me just 
having known both of them a little bit while they were on the team, I think Jeter really could care less what the outside perception I is. I mean, it's always been good, but in his mind, he's going down to Miami and he's going to fix that franchise and it'll yeah. eventually be good and it'll eventually be the Derek Jeter that New York loved in Miami. Whether yeah. that happens, I mean, a lot of stars need to align. I think Alex cares tremendously about what his people image. think, his image, and that's led him to take you know certain steps here to really repair that image and get back in the public's good graces. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think Derek's down there, oh no, people don't like me, and, and out there trying to really win people over. I think well, he he's won, one he of those. Well, he won over the Yankees with that trade. <laughs> he made sure fair. that they'll love him forever. That's, that's fair. <laughs> um, well, we'll see in like five years if, true, they're, if true. they're still loving him. But It's a lot of money. A lot of money. But I got to tell you about him. I didn't know what to expect. From you know, Giancarlo? Yeah, you, you hear mixed reviews from, from people that were down in Miami, and the dude works. He is a hard worker. He is always in there looking at film, tweaking his swing, trying to get better. And for a guy that is guaranteed that amount of money so young in his career to still have that work ethic, I mean, as you should, but I don't think everyone operates like that. There's just, it seems as though uh, an element of he wants to prove that he's worth it and he wants to continue to try to be great. So I respect that. You got to appreciate that. Is it true that he's like sharing an apartment with a friend or something? Allegedly, early in the year, um, AJ Ramos, who's playing for the for the Mets, okay. and they used to play together for Miami. Okay. So they were both up here. So I think they had an apartment together. I don't know if that was a long term thing or that was a short term <laughs> thing. You're looking at me like that's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and if you have that type of money, why don't you get your own place? I don't know. I mean, to each their own. He's more reserved and more quiet than I thought he would be. Yeah. He seems almost a little bit shy. Yeah. And hey, when you move to a new city, a new place, all new teammates, maybe there's something to be said for having somebody around that you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And they have two separate schedules. Very rarely are the Mets and Yankees in town at the same time. But oh. I don't know. you got to ask him about that. I, I, I heard he might have missed some practices at the beginning of the year. He's waiting for some Ikea deliverment, deliveries and things like that. I don't think he shops at Ikea. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Yankees. What, what a lovely bunch of guys. All right, it's time for the Keeping in a Hundo segment. I'm hundo. Try to hang. Try to hang with me here. Oh, boy. You got to keep it a hundo. Hundo. All right. Favorite city on the road? I will say there are a bunch that I love, but probably when they're playing the Angels out there, I love the West Coast, love LA. And you get to see two Tandesco I get to see my brother, too, and one of my best friends lives out there, J-Law, so I get to see both of them, which is an added bonus. Uh, if they're playing the National League, like this year they played the Marlins. So, you know, I love Miami. I'm down there quite a bit in the off season. So I would say those are my two favorite. And then I like a lot of others for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Least favorite city on the road. Oof. This is when people dislike you. I don't love Cleveland. It's one of my least favorite cities I've been to it's in the not, U.S. It's not like a favorite destination. But I'm pretty. But it's good baseball. Though. I'm pretty easy to please. Their ballpark is beautiful. The people are generally nice. Yeah. I now find this great restaurant that's in the West End. It's like a farm-to-table restaurant, which you never could no, find no, in Cleveland. No, 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 like no. healthy food, so that was good. Michael so, Simon has a restaurant in Cleveland that I that I love. Yeah. But there's not too many places to there eat there. There aren't a lot, and luckily we're only there for a couple days. But I would say probably Cleveland. Okay. You have a celebrity crush? No. I really no? 
I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure I have one, but did you have one as a kid? I mean, back in the day when yeah, it was yeah. like boy band central, I yeah. was a, so you were I was an in sync, and then of in sync, it would be like Justin Timberlake, of okay. course. Like who didn't like Justin Timberlake? That's, yeah. That's as easy. far as my adult life, I'm did you hear? To listen to this. Do you know he has uh, he has a tour coming out, and he is doing a show in Manchester, England where that bombing happened with mm -hmm. Ariana Grande. Yeah. So before he went in his rider, he put that he wanted all the doorknobs that he would touch to be hand sanitized. And they were just pissed off at the stadium. Like, is he serious? But like, how can you even trust that people would do that? I, I assume Zero people chance. are going to be, you know, pissing and shitting on the do doorknobs now. That could raise a red flag for some people. Yeah, just do like, it yourself. Here you go. Just yeah, go here and, you go. You know, have yeah, some of those riders, there's just like crazy, crazy it's stuff. Crazy. And I feel like a lot of it probably stems from an incident where something went down with well, I have the OCD. cleanliness I'm of germophobic. I'm terrible with that stuff, but I would never trust somebody else to do it. That's why I'm so anal about it because I don't trust that anything's clean anywhere. Fair to tip him off or maybe it might not even be him it could be his people knowing how anal retentive he is about stuff saying like hey we're tired of True. doing this we're tired of wiping down doorknobs so here we go we might have already touched this one but what's the most ridiculous rumor you've ever heard about yourself online um that i was married to my high school sweetheart i did see with that. like a family of five I, or something did like you that. ever have a high school sweetheart i mean you had a boyfriend in high yeah, school yeah i had but like boyfriends but boys, like, did it ever go beyond high school no okay i mean keep in touch but like you know what I'm marrying <laughs> right right sorry guys <laughs> all right I you've touched on how much you get along with your co-workers you guys love each other so exclude your current and past co-workers with the yes network okay who's your favorite announcer of all time I know growing up I mean it's not like a announcer that's doing play-by-play -play or doing analyst work but Sports when Center Sports Center was like, and yeah. I loved Linda Cohn. Okay. And being a female, she was one of the females that you watched all the time. Yeah. She had a very prominent role on Sports Center, and I remember doing like a book report on her when I was little. Like the teachers, like that's what, awesome. What, what is this? Like, wait, like why are you doing this? I love it. That's great. Yeah. So I was, uh, I always looked up to Linda Cohn, and you know who I got to meet recently, which Doris? was. No, I've met her before. Okay. Um, Everybody loves her. Very nice lady. Except your brother. He, he can't stand her. I, I got sick of her, but now like I hear, I, I listen to Jalen Rose's podcast and he works with her mm -hmm. and he's always talking about how amazing she is. And Everyone loves she her. She knows her stuff. Like yeah. that's for sure. I don't have a problem with that. She has a cool story too. Like never necessarily wanted to get into it, found her way into it and wound up excelling. Um, oh no, uh, Leslie Visser. Oh, that's so I a, went she's, out, she's a legend. I went out to dinner with Susan Waldman and Leslie Visser. No and Dick Stockton? Are they still married? They are not married. Oh, okay. But I mean, I'm sure he could have showed up if he would have liked. Sure. He seems like somebody that, you know, is nice to everybody. But for me, being able to sit down with those two, knowing what they did to help oh, move yeah. the ball forward for women in Pioneer. this business was just a very, very cool experience. Yeah. Is there anybody in your field who's influenced you? Uh, in a way that I don't know mentorship type thing or you know it's different I feel like there's so much more access because of being able to reach out to people on social media now where I feel like I'll talk to girls that are coming up and want to get in this business whether they be in high school or college more so where as before it was it was hard to find 
phone numbers. It was hard to get in touch with people to say, hey, I want to do this. Can you help me? I remember Mark Zumoff coming to LaSalle University and having a nice chat with him. And Who was he, he was He's the play-by-play guy for the Sixers. So I oh, actually wound okay. up working with him, wow. God, six, seven years later, which was pretty awesome. Uh, but I remember he had some, some nice words to say to me when I was coming up that were very encouraging. Even now, I feel like every day is a new day where you can continue to learn and continue to grow as a broadcaster, as a person, you know? And Susan Waldman, who I've been there for seven years now, so her and I have you know, been friends for seven years, she was inducted into the New York Broadcasting Hall of Fame. She gave her speech and she asked if I wanted to go to the luncheon, so I went. And she said something that kind of stuck with me in the sense of, hey, we did it, we're not where we need to be, and then looked at me and said, Meredith, you're the next generation that needs to keep pushing it forward. So that was pretty cool for what she's been able to accomplish in her career has been pretty remarkable dealing with some of the things that would never be allowed yeah. to happen now you know so um she certainly is somebody where if i if i have an issue or i want to pick somebody's brain she would be willing to to listen for do, sure do you remember it was when i was a kid so it might have been you're a little younger than me do you know about lisa olson she was the uh she worked for the Boston Herald, right? And she and was in the, the Patriots, Patriot. right? Yeah, yeah I do. And they of were course. like crazy. Yeah. Like that stuff would never happen. I mean, now. some of the stories I've heard is just like from wow. other wow. Um, journalists yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Claire Smith too. Okay. Who worked out in the Bay Area? She or Bay Area in Chicago. Now she's with ESPN. All right, we're getting down to the nitty gritty now. You ready? No, oh, go ahead. Who's the best dancer in your family? Pains me to admit it. Probably. Danny. Your brother Danny. Brother Danny. Yeah. yeah got, I'm a close got second. Some moves. I'm yeah. A really close second. Ahead of the man. Oh, he can't dance. He's a terrible dancer. So, can we you... don't. I don't understand why his name is Disco, other than he loved Disco. The Marvelettes. Him, yeah, him and my mom used to used to hit the dance floor. Um, but and based, he had a chain that said Disco, a gold chain around his neck to go with his white leisure suit. Based on what I've seen at a couple weddings, not impressed. Wow. Not impressed. Shots fired. And you sound he, like the dustbuster right now. He, he was not says, impressed with Tutan. He says that he has moves, but I haven't seen him. Now, in his defense, the one, he was coming off a heart surgery, so he said, he said that had something to do with it, but I don't think I that affects that your rhythm. I can see your heart being out of rhythm, but not your feet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Something to think about. Yeah. Oh well, God, if he listens to this, he's going to be crushed forever. He's definitely going to listen to this. You've got to. He loves listening edit. to me talk. You have to edit that out. He's going to be. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. He's he's the best dad in your family, right? That I know of. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Who's your favorite brother, Blaze or Two Tan Desco Dan? I love them both. I love them. You're both. not you're not willing to. Absolutely you're going to straddle the fence. Not. Of course I am. I love them both. Shout out to Blaze. Justin's the best. He's like the most kind-hearted man ever. Haven't seen him in years. He's sweet. He's a really sweet dude. What's the best pickup line you've ever heard from a former or current player? Because I know they they take their shot too. It might even be subtle. Um. Oh God. Obviously, you don't <laughs> have to name the player. You don't right. even have to say who they play for. Right. I had somebody who does not speak English has a translator mm-hmm. that I knew come over to me and say this guy saw you in the clubhouse and thinks you're the most beautiful girl he's ever seen 
and he would really like to get your number and to talk with you further. By the way, I don't know what type of, because there are a lot of guys that use translators that do speak the language or right. at least understand the, right. the language. But I'm like, all right. And, uh, and he was like, would you mind giving, you know, giving your number to him? But you'd met him before. You said you knew him. Oh, you knew the so translator. I knew the translator. Oh, I, I see. didn't know the player. Because he's worked with. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So I said, uh, yeah, I do mind. And he's like, looked at me confused. I'm like, well, he would do it himself, but he's worried that some of the media members will notice if he does that. And you know me, I'm sarcastic. I'm a bit of a pain in the ass at times. I was just like, look, if I'm the most beautiful girl he has ever seen in that clubhouse, he needs to get out more. <laughs> Tell him no, and if he wants my number, he can walk over himself and ask for it. <laughs> and the guy just like, his face dropped. He had no idea what hit him. Uh. I'm like, get out of here. I mean, I wouldn't have given it to him either, the actual player. Right. Would have been better than But it would have been better. It's like, come on, dude. Like, what do you, like, I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. No. And then you always get like the, I don't think this happens as much. Or Like I said, I've been doing this a while, so I don't think, it was probably. What, six, seven years with the Yankees seven now? Seven years with the Yankees. Yeah. So my, my deal is out there. You know, I think people know that I'm pretty. Professional. Professional, business forward. But you know, like somebody sending a ball over somebody what like stop stop like you think i've never seen this act they before? roll the ball like, over almost, with the phone number like i'm almost more insulted that you think i would bite on that right. like come on be a little more creative this is ridiculous yeah and then there was one other one that i was going to tell you about i don't remember oh i was this wasn't a sports person they played sports but they no longer played sports came up to me in a bar i'm, I'm six feet tall i'm a tall person an athletic person 36 inch hips according to according to uh, whatever yeah. that was <laughs> eight and a half shoe. they measured in my sleep probably <laughs> by the way if you're six feet tall although i'm sure it happens with like a size eight foot i don't know how you stand up straight right. i feel like you'd topple over right. it's not, I, it's not I, i'm six feet tall i feel like i have like not that big of feet but i have 10 and a half 11 right imagine if you had eight and a half feet that seems small i'm sure it happens but i don't know Anyway, so this dude comes up to me in a bar, doesn't say anything, and just whispers in my ear, yo, you want to make some Urlachers tonight? Oh, so I'm pretty sure I know who said it. No, it wasn't him. Then what is he no, talking about? No, it was about? just like a random guy. Oh, like, oh, like, like I get it. Right. No, like, God, no. Like you... Don't start that rumor. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You look like you'd be good to breed with. Basically. Yeah. Got it. Got and it, I'm got like, it. ah, creative. You you knew him or you didn't? No, know him? I didn't know him. He wasn't that a was player his, either. That was his first line. He's just a dude at a bar. Yeah, just a dude at a bar. I was okay. like, that was creative. I That's almost want to high five you for that, but yeah. no, I'm good for the night. Thank Some you. Erlock as well. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. Exactly. Erlocker was actually playing. Yeah. Who have you interviewed that kind of had you in awe? Like, I know you're very professional and you don't get too starstruck at this point, but like you said, like Dr. J, it was kind of like. Yeah. Was there, um, has there been anybody maybe in baseball or? I don't even like, no, like it just always was my job and I never really looked at it like that. I remember when I was working, I worked out at Fox Sports Network Center when they had their pregame baseball show, Jeannie Zelasco and Kevin Kennedy were doing it. And one of my first assignments was to go to the Angels ballpark to help set up a shoot. They were interviewing Jim Tomey. 
and that was right when he was acquired by the Phillies. Yeah. So he was like one of the first people that I met in that capacity, and he couldn't have been nicer, nicest guy in the world. So yeah. I remember that being a cool moment. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh my God, I just met Jim Tomey. Everybody at home would be, exactly. holy crap, you met Jim Tomey, exactly. and he couldn't have been nicer. So that was like a cool moment, but I don't know how much I was in awe. I know there was a game for the Sixers when Kobe was in town, and Kobe didn't generally speak to opposing media on the floor after a game, but he had just done something at his old high school, and I believe they, they had won, obviously, and he did an interview with me, and I remember that being a pretty cool moment. Yeah, as well. that's cool. Have you met any of the, like, I mean, a lot of them have passed away since you started working here, but like, Yogi Berra or yeah, Mickey yeah. Mantle or not Mickey uh, Yogi and I see a ton of the guys obviously at Old Timers Day which is so fun that's you know, awesome Whitey like I'll have these conversations with Whitey yeah uh, that are just ridiculous um, <laughs> those guys could potty they could I think back in the day from what I hear but I think they still think some of them that they can still you know they get back in the environment and they're they're kind of in their heyday and they're in their heaven and they're a safe place so it's cool to to look to your right and see a guy like that yeah look to your left and see you know who knows there's so many living legends unbelievable players and living legends that that are still around that yankees organization what about mr october oh reggie's around a lot yeah reggie's around a lot yeah He's, uh, he seems like he holds court a decent amount of time throughout the course of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reggie likes to give his opinion, get it out there. <laughs> All right, so you've met a few of my friends, a good amount of them. Yes, okay. sure have. Let's say they had a late night in New York City. And is this a real, is this a hypothetical? Or yeah, is yeah. It okay? this is a hypothetical. <laughs> You're not going to be binded to anything. All right. And they have nowhere to stay. They lose their cell phone. Mm -hmm. Lose their wallet. No, they have a cell phone with your number in it. Oh, boy. So they call you. I need a place to stay. Can I crash on the couch? Which one would you be most comfortable with crashing on your couch? Honestly, I don't think... I feel like even though... And I know a lot of them calm down a little bit over the years. Oh, yeah. Calm down a little over That's the years. That's for sure. But even in their wildest heyday yeah i feel like a friend of yours they and knowing my brother yeah they would be respectful they always have been yeah so i feel like i wouldn't have an issue with any of them yeah some characters though right characters oh man no Paul like i don't Pete, yanni the handyman yeah. well Esquire. it would depend like if i needed something fixed obviously the handyman that's true i, had, I needed legal advice in the morning you got to think of these things if I decided I wanted to take gym class, Porno <laughs> Pete, there he is. <laughs> Maybe you wanted to work on your, you know, uh, keeping it. Well, you have guys in the bullpen with the Yankees you could work with, but yeah. he was a professional southpaw. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. A lot of talent. A lot your, of talent. Talent in your friend group overall. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Can you think of a particular interview you did that was just like nailed it? Um, I thought I had a good interview where he was probably a little bit more candid than he normally is. Jeter's final year, we did like a 30-minute interview that wound up. It was just supposed to be like a five- to seven-minute segment, and we wound up turning it into a half-hour show. Awesome. So that was pretty cool. That probably helped you guys with the Emmy and all that stuff, like putting out good work like that. I hope so, yeah. yeah. I, hope I, I hope they thought I was a part of it. And even that final interview with him on the field, I remember being such a weird moment because at the time, again, 
was just like, oh, this is my job, this is what I do. And then afterwards, all the feedback I received was pretty crazy. All right, so what's the name of the guy at Yankee Stadium that does the PA? Paul Olden. Okay. I'm channeling my inner Paul Olden right now. Now batting for the New York Yankees, Meredith Marakovitz. What's your batting intro music? Something high energy, I feel like. Were you playing third? No. <laughs> the hot corner? I certainly don't have the ability to move laterally like that anymore. <laughs> uh, probably first base, I yeah. think, is the safest. I'm At tall, this point. I could stretch. Well, you're, you're old and you know, baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm broken down, yeah. I'm yeah, old and I broken down. I don't know. Some Saturday Night Fever. Send it back to disco days, maybe. We do like a Let's Dance the Last Dance. Or because, because I haven't really stepped foot in a batter's box in a long time, I will survive, I feel like would be a good <laughs> yeah. one. I Gloria Gaynor. The only chance I would have of reaching base is leaning into a pitch, and I don't know if that's a chance I'm willing to take. But you know, there is a, um, there's a media game every year between Red Sox writers really? and Yankees writers. Just the writers, though. That I could play. I believe I could play if I wanted to. Um, let me think. Do about do women play? I don't remember any women playing, and I know early on I was like, "You guys don't even ask any of the the women if they want to play." I was then invited to play. They play at the stadium or at Fenway, like both. The they do two games: wow. one at Fenway, one at the stadium. That's and awesome. I'm like nine surgeries deep. Yeah. And explaining to my boss why I'm missing teeth because I got hit in the face from a guy that hasn't pitched in six years. They use, I mean, they play legitimate baseball. So if it were softball, I'd be all in. Baseball, I'm like, I just feel like too many things can happen. A guy, I think, blew out his Achilles. Another one had a calf injury. I mean, people get hurt. It's ridiculous. Porno Pete went four for five in some Legends game the other day. Really? I'll have to text him. Good job, Porno. Crushed it. Top five rappers. I used to be like more into rap than I am now. I've been listening to a lot of country. Dead or alive. Country? Is, yeah. I how know. do you get into country working know. for the Yankees? It's not know. like I you're in like middle season. America. I spend my off season in Florida and drive a truck. Yeah, on the West Coast. Too, just right? live two totally different lives. Drive a truck. I literally do. Let me think. I mean, your obvious ones Biggie, Jay Z. I used to love Lil Wayne. Yeah. He hasn't come out with anything new. And He's about to. Is he? Yeah. I haven't He's about heard, to put out a Dakota 5. I haven't heard Eminem's new one yet. How is it? It's good. Good? Yeah. I gotta really good. That. It's better than the other stuff he's put out the last couple of years. Like, since his really great albums, this is the best thing he's done. Yeah. You know what? I don't buy music anymore, which is bad. Like, I just stream Do you have, like, Apple stuff. music? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, no, I don't even. I'm or so, you use, like, I'm Spotify so cheap. or yeah, whatever. I, no, I use Pandora free version. I guess oh, okay. I'm not ponying up that two ninety nine a month or whatever it is. Nah, I think it's like nine ninety nine. Zero chance. No way. Zero chance. It's a lot of money. A lot of lot of scoot. But you only got three. Four? You got three, I think. Uh-oh. Wheezy, Jay Z, Biggie. Three it is. Three <laughs> top three rappers. No. Three it is and uh Kenny Chesney's fourth and uh, <laughs> Luke Bryant. <laughs> I can only name close, a couple country singers so. uh, I'm trying to think of like who I used to listen to or who I really liked I don't remember I remember Danny and I used to drive to school okay we're from Walnutport Pennsylvania which doesn't get more suburban or like podunk and we'd like drive to school blasting DMX DMX like, just made like it Onyx. that's four 
DMX. Onyx. Remember? Like, like what? What were we doing? Slam. And then, then there was like that big year of Nas. I remember listening to him for a while. Yep. All right, you hit five. <laughs> you did it. Uh, favorite athlete as a kid? Anybody come to mind? Iverson or Dr. I loved, J? Or... I loved Dan Marino. Yep. And I met him this year for the first time. Did you? Yeah, I was doing a podcast at the uh, Combine in Indianapolis. I had such a weird whatever. I liked Larry Johnson. Yep. I think it was partially LJ. due to the grandmama. grandmama commercials. These are my new shoes from Converse. They're so light and so fast, my grandmama can whoop you in them. Grandmama! I yeah. always had Larry Johnson and shoes. And the gap in the teeth. Yeah. So with that came Alonzo Mourning. You played in Converse? Because yeah. he had Converse. Yeah, yeah. The black ones with yep. the like, you yep. know, Hornets colors. And I love those. And so, and I remember going to a Sixers game, and both of them were injured, and neither Ugh. of them made the trip, and I almost started crying. I mean, what, what shot was that left? Nothing. Yeah. Muggsy Bogues. There you go. I like Charles Barkley a lot, too. Yep. Those are classics. So, do you know the origin behind the disco chain? I mean, was it a joke? Was it real? I mean, what was the deal? I'd love to say it was a joke, but I don't think it was a joke. <laughs> like, I really the joke's on who? I don't really think it was a joke. <laughs> like, I think he had, I mean, he definitely had platforms that he wore. Now, let me get one thing straight. The, it's a chain, that, it's a gold chain that says disco, and Danny, your brother, revived the chain when we were in college. Right. And he wore it. And I think after maybe a couple weeks, it started chipping. So it definitely wasn't... Real. Yeah. Did anyone so think that it was, though? Probably not. Well, it's good to know he didn't spend too much on that, considering what if, you say is some subpar dance moves. I mean, I'd have to see him in his heyday wearing the whole outfit and going out there. I don't know if it was his ability or his eagerness that got him the name. I think it might have been... Just his desire to be out there. And other friends were like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to sit this one out. And he's like, I got one more in me. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. And then I don't know where Kath falls in all of this. Were they dancing together? Or was he, was he doing it on his own? I, I'm not sure. Now, on the cruise ship with the Marvelettes. Watch out. Here comes the Playboys. Playboys. Watch out. Here comes the Playboys. That was him being him, I think. He went up on stage, right? He did. Kath did not? Kath stayed behind? Kath probably sat there like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Embarrassed. Yeah. Which is what I would do. Like, this can't end well. I think I'm going to try to get the rights to a Marvelette song and have it as the intro music to this podcast. That would be wonderful. I think I'm going to do that. That would be wonderful. I've thought about doing a podcast. Yeah. And a segment. Bring your dad on. Things Disco Says. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a strong program. A, oh, oh, you you were with Maddie B. Oh, Maddie B. He can go. Oh, he can go. I love his we terminology. Had a, uh, did you? No, you probably never heard this because you would never say this to you. He used to always say to me and my friends when we were growing up, "You got to remember the hunter and the hunty." No. Don't don't be the hunty. If you want to hunt, be the hunter. Don't be the hunty. <laughs> this is his, like Disco's advice on dating. Yeah, hunter, yeah, yeah. hunty. What? And I'll still, like, I'll rile him up now. Like, I'll call him with friends around if we want, you know, some sound advice. And be like, uh, hey, what do you think about? And he'll just go on a tangent for, like, 20 minutes. And my friends will be rolling. Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. What is this? They're gems. Ugh. 
drop a gem on him. Um, yeah, I think this next question is for him. Is this a strong program or not, Disco? I need to know. Strong program. I need to have a strong program. Keeping it in a hundo is trying to climb up the iTunes charts. We get a couple more for you. Have you ever beat two Tandesco Dan one-on-one -on -one as a kid at any point? I'm sure I did at some point. Not horse, not a shootout, not, you know, not knockout. I mean, I think we'd have to go back so far when I was, like, bigger than him because he didn't grow until he, yeah, was, he was tiny. Like, he was so small. He didn't have hair under his arms till like, he was going into college. Yeah, so, like, maybe when I was, like, four and he was five, <laughs> I dominated the little tykes basket. It'd probably be the only time. Have you ever beat myself and Josh Harrell Esquire in a game of two-on-two? Did we win one of those games? No. 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 <laughs> Esquire was working you on the post, and I was working 210 on the perimeter. It was dominant. It was a dominant performance that took place in Revere, Massachusetts back in 2009. Wow. Yep. Good Almost 10 days. years ago. Good old days. Yep. It was a good effort, though. Yeah, it was a good time. And then we got after it at night. Yeah, we did. <laughs> where, where did we wind up? Uh, Is that place still open? No way, right? No clue. I, I don't like do the Boston nightlife anymore at all. Yeah. I'd like to revisit it next It was in a basement. Trip. I know that. Oh, that's right. We no, were in the basement. upstairs, and then yeah. there was like a scary basement downstairs. Yeah. Where if Sweaty. there were a fire issue, you wouldn't get out. No, no way. <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, death row meal. I think I would just go like straight up disgusting like everything that i would never eat like just fried eat. chicken yeah and like all the... macaroni and cheese bread fried chicken i eat pretty much the Cobbler. same thing every day like i i'll eat a salad with grilled salmon on it with avocado and maybe some other choice vegetables every day so it would just you be still like, on the diet coke or are you switching no over? you know what i have not had a soda in any capacity in over a year good for you yeah yeah, I don't drink that. But I know you used to hit Diet Coke. Really that used hard. To be your thing. Really yeah. hard. Yeah, so I would I would eat all the stuff that I know is terrible for me because what does it matter at that oh, point? Not at all. Yeah. Any any particular location you're getting this food from or like, can you mm. think of like a place where you- know you... a place I really love down by you and I was down there last and they were closed. 112. That, that'd be like a, I was Joe's. at 112. I love Prime Italian. I love Joe's, but it wasn't Stone Crab season so yeah. I didn't get to go. Like, can you imagine that, like death row meal, and you're like cracking crabs? And right. They're pretty much cracked. But. No, but you can you can go with anything. Like, yeah. I, some people say, you know, like their grandmother's specific dish of yeah. this, or that's, you know. That'd be good. My uh, Rami M does make a mean chicken paprikash that I haven't had in a while. So ah, for, chicken paprikash. Thank for that's uh, like Hungarian. Yeah. Thanks for sparking my memory on that. I need to make a phone call. Yeah. Need to make a phone call. Yeah, they like to say. Paprika, not paprika. Yeah. That's how they say that. Spice. But yeah, so stay out of trouble. Don't do any of the stuff the um, the Red Sox clubhouse reporters were doing. Thank and, you uh, for the sound advice. I yeah, appreciate that's that. That's the best advice I can give you. <laughs> well. And be the be the hunter, not the hunty. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing this. You got to get to the park now. My pleasure. Good to see you. Go Sox. <laughs> That's it for episode 26. Meredith was great. You can always tell who the professionals are when I have them on, like when Raja was on. They just know how to speak. Not a lot of ums and ahs, and I don't have to keep reminding them to speak into the mic or to speak up. 
Just a very eloquent young lady out of Lehigh Valley. So thank you for that, Meredith. And hopefully the Yankees can pull off this wild card victory over the A's because I want to face the Yankees in the playoffs. Nothing like Sox-Yankees in October. Already got tickets for game one. I'll be there next Friday at Fenway. Hopefully you will too, Meredith. Easily my favorite clubhouse reporter. The best in the game, even including the slew of reporters the Red Sox have been using over the years. So I haven't put out many podcasts of late. Uh, I'm actually working on another project. I can't really give out too many details, but I do have another podcast that will be launching soon. So stay tuned for that. I'll have more information on it shortly. Very excited about some of the stuff we've been working on and some of the guests we have lined up for that podcast. But keeping it a hundo, we'll, uh, we'll still be releasing podcasts, just not as frequently. That's all I got for you today. Let's close it out with the Marvelettes. This is a shout out to Disco Senior. I can picture him at home now in Walnut Port listening to the Marvelettes with his leisure suit on. Enjoy the old school flavor of the Marvelettes. Thanks for listening to Keeping It a Hundo. 